Um, it is great to be back together, well, for us, together, so we can stream together, um, so we can see each other as we um, put this together, as we put this out together, we meet with you in your living rooms. Um, this morning, I want to... Um, I want to talk about Psalm 116, and the title of my talk is Promises, Promises. And um, I want to talk about Psalm 116 because it's one of my, it's one of my favourite psalms. It's maybe not one that's might be particularly familiar um, to a number of you. It's not one of the famous psalms like 91 or 23 or um, 119 or whatever, but. Um, but it is a significant psalm, and in Jewish culture, actually, it's quite significant because it's one of four. It's a kind of a block of four psalms that um, would be recited, would be read out, would be celebrated during a festival. So it's about Thanksgiving. It's about praise. It's about um, remembering. It's about taking stock. It's about telling a story. It's about lament a little bit. Um, but when people would come together, they would remember this psalm. They would read this psalm out. They would celebrate this psalm. And so, and um, it just feels maybe a little pertinent um, for us as we are at this point where we're kind of at this point where it feels like maybe lockdown is coming to an end at the same time. I think many of us are looking around going, this doesn't feel like it's coming to an end. And where are we at? And what's going on? And maybe there's an increased uncertainty. Maybe there's an increased anxiety um, for some of us. Maybe um, actually when the rules were really clear, we kind of knew where we stood. And now we feel a little bit anxious and um, we feel a little bit uncertain and we feel maybe lacking in confidence about maybe where we're headed. It can be quite difficult. And I think in these circumstances, maybe it's a good moment to reflect on this psalm. Um, these last few months have been demanding, haven't they? They've been difficult for many of us. I think, you know, we've just heard stories where, well, it was difficult, but actually out of this difficulty, we've come closer together as a family. It's been challenging, and I think many of us will be able to tell stories of how it's been challenging. Um, maybe for some of us, it's it's involved grief. Maybe for some of us, it's involved deep and loneliness, maybe, and um, real struggle. But at the same time, maybe for some of us, it's been a time of real restoration. Maybe maybe we've learned things about ourselves and we've learned things about God that maybe we didn't know before. Maybe we've learned things about each other that maybe we didn't know before. And so I want to spend some time um, looking at this psalm. I don't know if my... There we go. Um, so it starts here, verse 1. I love the Lord, for he heard my voice. He heard my cry for mercy. Because he turned his ear to me, I will call on him as long as I live. The cords of death entangled me. The anguish of the grave came over me. I was overcome by distress and sorrow. And then I called on the name of the Lord. Lord, save me. The Lord is gracious and righteous. Our God is full of compassion. We don't know who wrote Psalm 116. Some people think it might be David, but it's not clear who wrote Psalm 116. And we don't know why they wrote it. We don't know what circumstances they were referring to in these verses. But clearly, difficult circumstances. Clearly, they felt like their life was 
in danger. The cords of death entangled me. The anguish of the grave came over me. I was overcome by distress and sorrow. But in this, it's a psalm, this, this beginning of the psalm is a psalm of lament. Um, the, be- this, the beginning of this psalm, sorry, I don't know if this um, clicker is working, but um, the beginning of this psalm is a psalm of lament. And um, so if we can just keep um, flicking through the slides, that would be great. But at the beginning of the psalm is this, um, yeah, this lament, this crying out. And I think sometimes we don't give enough um, space for lament. We don't give enough space for um, that crying out to God, for the, to recognize our challenges or our difficulty or our struggle. Sometimes maybe we don't, um, maybe we're not honest enough sometimes. We, we just want to persevere. We just want to push through. We don't want to, maybe want to give um, oxygen to our pain or our worry or our anxiety. But the psalmist here gives oxygen to his pain, to his struggle, to his fear, to his, I, I thought I was going to die. Death entangled me. Anguish overwhelmed me. But he also references a God who hears our cry. As we lament, as we cry out, as we struggle, as we find things really difficult, as we find things really painful, as we go through very difficult, horrific challenges, there is a God who hears our cry. There is a God who meets us in that moment. And so we need this, um, this God of the men. We need this God of the men to... Um, uh, this God of lament, to this this God who meets us in the mountain, this God who hears our cry, um, to be a God of compassion. Also, we are told that this God is um, a God who meets us, a God who hears our cry, a God who is compassionate, a God who is gracious, a God who is righteous, and then. We move on. The Lord protects the unwary. When I was brought low, he saved me. Return to your rest, my soul, for the Lord has been good to you. For you, Lord, have delivered me from death, my eyes from tears, my feet from stumbling, that I may walk before the Lord in the land of the living. I trusted in the Lord when I said, I am greatly afflicted. In my alarm, I said, Everyone is a liar. Again, this story of real struggle. But yet God is there in the midst. God delivers from our death. He, he, he frees, he, he stops our eyes from, the tears from our eyes. He stops us from stumbling. God is a God who meets us. But maybe we, and maybe you can relate with the psalmist here. There is real struggle. There is real loss. There is real suffering. There is a real mistrust. He's calling everyone a liar. I don't know. Sometimes it can be really difficult to watch the news, can't it? And just go, do you know, I just don't know who to trust anymore. I don't know what is real anymore. I don't know what is right anymore. It just doesn't. Maybe you're watching pictures of people on beaches or people in town centers or whatever. Just going, oh, I don't. My goodness, I don't know how. I don't know who to trust anymore. But we are left with this promise that God is with us in the midst of our struggle, in the midst of our lament. We are met with this promise that God is with us. 
we're met with this promise that it is God who saves us. It is a God who gives our souls rest. It's a God who protects us. It is God who is trustworthy. When we don't know who to trust, it is God who is trustworthy. It is God who gives our souls rest. And when maybe we are feel overwhelmed by anxiety, maybe when we feel overwhelmed by just the amount of information that's coming at us, about the amount of things that we have to think about and worry about and sort out and deal with, that promise that it is God who gives our souls rest. Let's be people who turn to God in those moments. And then, and then the psalm takes a turn. Then the psalm gives this response. So he's talked about how God, even in the midst of our lament, God is with us. And God is, God is the God who gives us rest. And God is the God who saves us. And God is the God um, who... Um, God is the God who is righteous and God is the God who is trustworthy and God is the God who hears our cry. God is all of these things. But then he turns in verse 12 to, so then what is my response? What is my response? And it's beautiful. It says this, what shall I return to the Lord for all his goodness to me? I will lift up the cup of salvation and call on the name of the Lord. I will fulfill my vows to the Lord in the presence of all his people. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his faithful servants. Truly, I am your servant, Lord. I serve you just as my mother did. You have freed me from my chains. I will sacrifice a thank offering to you and call on the name of the Lord. I will fulfill my vows to the Lord in the presence of all his people. In the courts of the house of the Lord, in your midst, Jerusalem, praise the Lord. In the, um, in the message version, I want to read it in the message version because it's, it's fabulous. Um, it says it this way, verse 12 onwards. What can I give back to God for the blessings he's poured out on me? I'll lift high the cup of salvation a toast to God. I'll pray in the name of God. I'll complete what I promised God I'd do and I'll do it together with his people. When they arrive at the gates of death, God welcomes those who love him. Oh God, here I am, your servant, your faithful servant. Set me free for your service. I'm ready to offer the thanksgiving sacrifice and pray in the name of God. I'll complete what I promised God I'd do and I'll do it in company with his people, in the place of worship, in God's house, in Jerusalem, God's city. Hallelujah. I just love the, the determination that's in that psalm. I love the elevation that comes. And I love it because it's a response. So in the first 11 verses, we see this, um, this telling of this story, this struggle, this lament, this pain that has gone on in the psalmist's life the, and how he has cried out to God, but God has heard him and God was the one who was faithful and God was the one who was trustworthy and God was the one who heard his cry. God was the one who met with him. God was the one who saved him. And then verse 12 to 19 is his response. 
So I will lift high the cup of salvation. What can I give back to God for the blessings he has poured out on me? What is my response to what God has done for me and in me? In this struggle, in this pain, you see this thanksgiving, this response doesn't come out of a moment of, oh, isn't life wonderful? Isn't life fabulous? Isn't everything just incredible? No, and I don't think many of us are saying that at the moment. But the psalmist, even in this darkest time when he was at death's door, when he felt like everyone was against him, when he felt like he was in real struggle, and there God met him, his response of thanksgiving, his response to go, the blessings poured out on me. It doesn't sound in those first 11 verses like there's many blessings necessarily being poured out on him, how we would view it today. But his response is to say, I saw you, God, in a new way throughout my pain, throughout my struggle, throughout my heartache, throughout my loss, throughout my difficulties, throughout my challenges, throughout my oppression. I saw you in a different way. And that is blessing to me. And what can I give back to God for the blessings he has poured out on me? And our response is covenant. You see, covenant is this meeting. God's promise to us is this, and our promise to God in response is this. God promises to be with us, to commit to us, to save us, to love us, to meet us. And our response back is to declare him Lord, is to love him, is to be with him, is to worship him. It's this covenant response. And that's what's going on in this psalm. And so this covenant involves us giving thanks This covenant involves us coming before God and giving thanks for the blessings, even when it might not look always like blessings, but even in the hardship. We just heard the Atkins tell us that even in the struggle, when things were really difficult, actually one of the blessings is they've come closer together as a family. And so they give thanks for that. So we give thanks and we follow through on the promises we made You see, it's interesting because I stand up here a number of times. I've stood here a number of times and a number of times when I've spoken or even when I've been praying for people at the front or ministering to people or and not just on a Sunday but through the week. Often we kind of have this idea and you will hear me talking about that maybe there are promises God's made to you that he isn't done with yet. They might not have come through yet but maybe there's a sense that God wants to fulfill the promises he made to you. And I believe that that is true. I believe actually, I believe that's always true. When God makes promises to us, I think God is faithful and follows through on them. But actually this morning I'm talking about the other way around of that. This morning, what, the, my, what I'm talking about is our response to the blessings that God pours out on us. Our response to the fact that God hears our cry, that God meets us in the midst of our struggle, that God is righteous and God is faithful and God is trustworthy. Our response to that is that we will give thanks. We will declare this covenant. We will lift high the cup of salvation. And we will follow through on the promises. We will follow through on the promises we made. I don't know what promises... We may, but if we are followers of Jesus, then we made promises to make him Lord and to make him the priority and the Lord and director and architect of our faith and our lives. So let's be people who follow through on that.
Let's be people who recommit that. Maybe we made promises to go wherever God told us to go, to do whatever God told us to do, to sacrifice whatever God told us to sacrifice, to serve in whatever way God told us to serve or called us to serve, to fulfill our calling and our identity in Christ. I'd love us to think this morning what it means for us to follow through on our prom- on the promises we made that we will pray, that we will serve, that we will go deeper into our relationship with God. And we've been talking recently about this need because we're not always together in the physical sense. Maybe we need to, what discipleship looks like is different, that we dig our own wells was a prophetic word that came back from a year, 18 months ago. This, that, that, that we will come in this time and we will need to dig our own wells. Maybe that, these are the promises that we need to be following through. This is how we pray. This is how we give thanks, that we dig our own wells, that we get into the word in a more passionate determined, focused way, that we spend more focused time in prayer, that we spend more time in worship, that we spend more time in conversation maybe with our friends and our neighbours. What better time to be talking to our friends and our neighbours about who God is and how God has met us in the midst of our struggles and how God has saved us and what God has done in our lives. And we do it together. This way of Jesus cannot be lived in isolation. We do this together with God's people. We stand alongside each other. We journey together. We, we journey with each other. We encourage each other. We spur one another on. And we follow through. We encourage. We challenge each other. And we follow through on the promises we made. What I want to do is I want to read these verses again. And as I do this, we will, as we come to the end of this, I actually want us to spend a little bit of time reflecting on these words. Um, And we've got a video to enable you to do that, but I want to read this first. What can I give back to God for the blessings he's poured out on me? I will lift high the cup of salvation, a toast to God. I will pray in the name of God. I'll complete what I promised God I'd do. And I will do it together with his people. When they arrive at the gates of death, God welcomes those who love him. Oh God, here I am, your servant, your faithful servant. Set me free for your service. I'm ready to offer the thanksgiving sacrifice and pray in the name of God. I will complete what I promised God I'd do, and I will do it in company with his people, in the place of worship, in God's house, in Jerusalem, God's city. Hallelujah. So we're going to watch a video with this scripture. And as we do that, let me encourage you just to be quiet before God and revisit those promises you've made. How are we going to follow through on the promises we've made?